25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the West right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Yeah, baby! Let's do it. Hour two of the show off and running. It is Championship Monday. And here in hour number two, we'll do ourselves a favor. Look ahead to tonight's national title game. LSU versus Clemson. Who do you have? Who do you have? Who's going to win? Huh? Who's it going to be? Clemson or LSU? We'll find out tonight. You don't have you to wait much longer. Yet, well, I have not. I'm going to do that in this hour, Roger. And the game, they say, is going to kick off at 7 Central. You know what that means. When you pull up the schedule on ESPN.com, it says, Clemson versus LSU for the national title game at 7 o'clock. You know what that means? They ain't kicking it off till about 7.35. You will turn it on at 7. They're lying to you. They are lying <laughs> straight to your face on the schedule online. Because I, I call that broadcast start time. I've had to revise. Thank you very much from, from game time. Because that's what it is. It ain't game time, is it? It'll be it's like when you got an eleven a.m. game on MSU. You start at nine. Mm-hmm. Well, but we say that if you're Alabama, you'd start at six a.m. <laughs> well, but we say what time kickoff is. We say pregame starts at whatever. Right. The kickoff is at eleven, you know, twenty-four sharp, <laughs> or whatever the time is. This deal, they tell you seven, so you get sucked in and you sit there and eat all your chips and dip up before they even kick it off 30 minutes later. So be warned. that They are not kicking that game off at seven. I don't care what they tell you at ESPN. It won't kick off anywhere near seven o'clock. It'll be half an hour of watching Dabo walk around here in warm-ups and Trevor Lawrence and his long flowing hair and Joe Burrow and all the iterations of EAUX you can use. I mean, it'll be all that. Turn it on at 7.30. You ain't missing anything. I promise you. All right, here we go. Coming up in now less than five minutes, we're going to chat with John Cohen, Athletics Director of Mississippi State, if everything goes according to plan. Now, we had him on, on Friday. No, sorry. That was Thursday when Mike Leach was hired, but John was in Key West. We only had him for like three or four minutes on the phone before he had to step up onto the airplane and fly to Starple. So we'll have a little extra time with him again if uh, his schedule and ours can kind of coincide here in just a couple of minutes. That means that I will have plenty of time in this hour to hang out with everybody on the text line at 885-ESPN. You see the number there if you're watching the stream. It is a 601 number, 885-ESPN. Bulldog Bo, Bulldog Blitz, Bill Fletch, Chris, Jason, Fluffy, Jay, Tony, and more. All of y'all coming up. Roger, is that our guest on the line, or is that someone else? I 
I cannot tell. And Roger, if you're talking to me, I can't hear a doggone thing. Hey, and let me tell you what, also, hang on to this number, 601-995-1059. The Vinny Equipment phone will get you on later. By the way, Jason and Flagstaff, thanks for your call. I was, um, we had a hard break, so we couldn't hang on there a little bit longer with you, so I'm sorry sorry if we cut your call short, but thanks for the text, and we'll get to that too. Roger, is that our guest on the phone, or is that someone else? No, that's someone else. I'll get John for you. Yeah, okay, thanks. I just didn't know if, if we had him already or not. I just wanted to make sure I didn't have him hanging on. Okay, in the Farm Bureau studio on this Monday, recap the Chiefs lo- uh, win, almost said loss, win 24-zip at halftime. Sorry, 24-zip early in the second quarter. And by halftime, they are on top, on their way to what? 51 to a 51 to seven run in the remaining 30 minutes of that ball game. Really, the remaining 40 minutes of the ball game. Just incredible. I said 24 nothing halftime. That was what I referenced earlier. The Cam Newton Iron Bowl in 2010 in Tuscaloosa. Cam Newton Auburn's down 24 zip at halftime, came back and won the game. Never give up. <laughs> it's never over. Chiefs, the latest example of that, but I'll tell you this, they better score some points this week with Derrick Henry and uh, that Titans run game coming to town. More on that later. We'll get to the uh, championship game predictions later in this hour as well. But right now, here we go. Let's do it. On the Divinity Equipment phone, Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson, you're a Kubota dealer. It is John Cohen, Athletics Director of Mississippi State. He's now hired his second football coach in his tenure. John, I appreciate some time here on a Monday. Were you able to take a deep breath over the weekend after the announcement on Friday? <laughs> you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that. <laughs> Matt, we, you know, the, the you know the landscape of an athletic department is kind of a never-ending thing. That's what I enjoy the most about it. It's a it's a lifestyle, and I, um, so yeah. I mean, I'm I'm I feel really good about where we are with this, and obviously Mike Leach. Uh, Brings a uh, a level of success, uh, maybe unlike any any coach we we've ever hired in our athletic department's history. So, uh, you know, obviously Coach Cheryl was a a huge hire, and what a tremendous job he did. In fact, uh, Mike Leach has said many times that that uh, Coach Cheryl was one of his mentors. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, um, for sure. Um, but by the way, I want to go back. You were just talking about that Alabama Auburn game where. Uh, Auburn's down 24 yeah. at halftime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe the greatest play in the history of college football. I, I know you remember this. It's the, the play where I believe it's a linebacker runs 40 yards down the field, never gives up on the play, punches the ball out mm-hmm. from Ingram, who's going to maybe score a touchdown on the play. And it goes out of the end zone, stays inbounds. Now they got the, uh, Auburn has the ball on the 20 yard line going the other way. Mm-hmm. That's right. One of the greatest plays I've ever seen. And the reason I'm saying that, Matt, is I showed that clip to my baseball team at Mississippi State over and over and over again as an example of don't ever give up on a play. Mm-hmm. Ever. Yeah. Because you never know what you never know what's going to transpire and how you can turn a game around just in one moment. So uh, I'm glad you brought that up. That was really interesting. Yeah. You know, I was just bringing it up because the Chiefs were in that situation yesterday where it's it's early in the game, early second quarter. They're down 24 to nothing. And, you know, most teams, you'd write them off. 
Um, and I want to ask you, you said, so you referenced this as a coach. I tweeted out yesterday that playing from behind, especially when you're three or four scores behind in football, John, it reveals your character and, and kind of reveals your chemistry as a team. And if you haven't gotten it in shape the way it's supposed to be, by that point it'll be too late. What do you think about that? Am I in a ballpark? No, you're in the ballpark. Um, of course, it really reveals it when you're on the road, and of course, the Chiefs were at home there. Yeah. Right. And by the way, I, I played with Pat Mahomes Sr. Uh, in the Minnesota Twins organization and uh, have really enjoyed what uh, Patrick's been able to do with that team. But yeah, I mean, what, what an incredible turnaround, and certainly it just shows you how momentum can change a, a ball game, and you yeah, you know, and you see all the clips of uh, Patrick on the sidelines, and he's mm-hmm. he he is in everybody's face saying we're going to win this football game, and obviously they believe it. That's right, obviously did John Cohen on your radio. So speaking of changing momentum, and that is certainly the way it feels for Mississippi State fans after one week. You know, from one Friday to the next, a, a change at the top of the football program from Coach Moorhead to now Coach Leach. John, I was going to ask you, if I look at those two from a distance, I see two offensive coaches, and it just seems like you're you're laying down the clues that what you, as the leader of the department, what you think that football program needs is to get in a position, somehow, some way to score points and to, to maybe identify as an offensive program. Am, am I right? Yeah, I think so. Um, gosh, you know, I, I, in fact, I was looking at my notes. Um, I, I went over, you know, 24 different characteristics that I think was really important in the search. Um, and one of them is, I just said edge factor, you know, meaning th- does this person have confidence? Does this person instill confidence in others? Does this person, um, have the personality that dictates we're getting this done today, no matter what. Mm-hmm. That that's the type of edge a head coach has to have at this level of football, and it's something that you can just feel when you're in the room with Coach Leach. So there are many other characteristics, but none more important than that. And then when you add the the track record to it, what he's been able to do, you know, when when you're looking at younger coaches, they don't have a track record. I mean, it's really much harder to determine that, but. Uh, you cannot deny the, tr- the track record of a, a coach like Mike Leach. When um, when you decided that you were going to get to meet with him and to talk with him, knowing his track record, when you're meeting with a coach like that, John, what are you trying to find out? Well, you're trying to find out their level of, uh, you know, interest, you know. Okay. So, uh you know, you want to find out if they have any institutional knowledge of a Mississippi State. Um, <clears throat> exactly why are you interested in this? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what what are your beliefs about the defensive side of the football and special teams? Um, tell me about putting together a staff. Um, you know, it's just so many different characteristics. And while they're answering the question, you're getting your best read there because – you know, listen, listen, Mike Leach has a persona, and it's pretty well-known nationally. Um, and what I've, been, what I've been able to to discover is you never really know somebody who they truly are until you sit down with them for several hours um, and, and let them kind of explain who they are and what they're about. So 
Um, the, the great thing about Mike Leach is he is who he is. He's not changing for anybody, and what he is is pretty daggum good. Yeah. John Cohen on your radio right now. He's the athletics director of Mississippi State. If you haven't already, you can follow him on Twitter, at John Cohen AD. And uh, you should do that if you want to keep up with Mississippi State athletics kind of across the board. John, there are a lot of questions um, on our text line. Uh, we had a call earlier asking. A lot of people you know, are, are wondering how the staff is going to shake out, but also when. Um, what can you say? to those state fans listening that are kind of wondering, okay, who's that defensive coordinator and what this position and that position, like what can you say to them right now about kind of where that process is? Well, I know for a fact that uh, Coach Leach is having a, a one-on-one meeting with a, a defensive um, coordinator candidate right now. So um, he, uh, the interesting thing about it is he was – in search of a defensive coordinator at Washington State. So he was really well ahead of this. But he's going to be very thoughtful. He's going to be very thorough about making the right decision. Um, it's a, in terms of this time of year, it's, it's, you know, it's a, it's a little bit more difficult this mm-hmm. time of year just because most of the staffs are in place. But, um, Mike's going to get the right guy for Mississippi State. And I love, I love hearing his thoughts about the defensive side of the football. He is a much, He's such a skilled guy at breaking down defenses, and in that way, he clearly understands them. And uh, I think he's uh, he's going to put together a really good defensive staff. You know, some of his former players have said about him that it's not 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 at all like a split personality thing. But he he's he relaxes. He's really kind of personable in all the media stuff. We can tell he's going to be great with media. And that kind of thing, but they all say, you know, then he steps across the white lines and he becomes a really a different person. He's very much a, you know, the driven kind of A type personality on the football field. Do you sense that, or, or did you already? Oh, there's that? no question about it. No, no question about. It. I had uh, really lengthy, lengthy calls with uh, three of his former players. You know, kind of one on each side of the ball, um, and the the one thing that struck me. This is a huge selling point for Mike Leach, and I think this is the brilliance of any coach. What all three of those guys told me is he can make really complicated schemes or complicated um, things on a football field seem really simple to the players. He can make things really simple. And you know, Matt, because you played, when it's simple, your athleticism takes over mm-hmm. because you're not thinking. Right. And, and he, he doesn't force his players to have to, to think. Um, they, they just react. And, and uh, when you get kids on that level where they're just reacting to the game and they get to use all of their skills as an athlete, uh, now you've got something special. And I think that's the essence of why he's been so successful. John Cohen on your radio right now, getting an update on things. And, and before I turn you loose, John, I tweeted it out this morning. Just, well, I think we got 32 days to the start of the college baseball season. So football in the news, we're right smack dab in the middle of basketball, men's basketball about to host some big games, women's basketball about to play South Carolina, and then baseball starting in 32 days. Um, is For you, I've asked you this before, but it comes around every year in January. Do you start to walk by Duty Noble every now and then when you're on campus and get a little shiver down your spine just because you coached and played that long, that sport? 
Well, I think it's pretty natural to get a shiver in January, if that's what you're asking, <laughs> for sure. I mean, <laughs> I don't miss the, uh, you know, that those, well, I tell you what, I really enjoyed playing baseball in cold weather because I felt like our kids were tougher than, than the other kids across because we practice in it. We practice in the rain. We practice in the cold. Our kids would be dying to go inside that beautiful Palmero. I said, no, no, we're going to crawl around the mud because this is, this is how we're going to beat somebody a little bit later on. And, mm-hmm. um, and incidentally, that's one of the things I liked about Mike Leach also, very similar type of attitude about that. But do, do I miss the baseball side of it? I, I will always have a love for baseball. But i tell you something, Matt. I've really developed a love for watching our tennis teams play. I, I, I have a real love, obviously, for both of our basketball teams. I, I've, I've become a real fan of most of all of our sports. They're incredibly interesting to me. And the more opportunities I get to be around the kids we have, and Matt, you know this, the student-athletes we have at this institution across the board, they are out standing young people and i've gotten to know them i get to follow them and i I can't think of a better job in the world i feel like the most blessed person uh, on the planet well um you know and john i would say too that i couldn't help but wonder during the week of a coaching search like last week when you know every fan base is really vocal and and impatient (laughs) to a degree and and you want passion and you certainly have that with with state fans but as the athletics director, all you want in the world is for the teams to win and you want to get the right coaches. Do you have you ever felt pressure in the job? You no, know, uh, it's a great question. Um, and here's how I answer it I, um, I don't feel pressure. I, I just feel like I'm part of a big family and I have a, a big responsibility for that family. Um, I'm a Mississippi State graduate. I played here, I coached here. Um, my, my wife and I and, and my kids love growing up here. Um, I, I feel a responsibility. I don't feel pressure, but I feel a responsibility to our fan base and to all of our great Mississippi State people because we are different. We, we, we have a different place. It's a place we all love, <clears throat> but there's certain demands on you when you work at a place uh, at Mississippi State University, and we've got to find the right people to join our family. So, yeah, I felt a responsibility. Do I feel pressure? No. You know, I mean, I I, I really don't. Pressure is, you know, for, for other people and, and for other stuff. I, I, I get to do something I love to do, and I don't I, – I really don't feel pressure that way. You don't think logically when you feel pressured. I tell you one thing, Matt. You jump on the airplane. You don't want the pilot of that airplane to feel pressure. Sure. You want you want that person, man or woman, to think think really clearly, and you want them to be precise. You want them to be accurate. You don't want pressure to enter enter the the uh, equation. But I appreciate you know you asking that because it's certainly a logical question. But again, I would say more of a responsibility type of situation than than pressure. Well, um, I, I think that you know state fans. Um, you know, certainly without there having ever been a practice yet or a game yet, you got a Mississippi State fan base that I, it just feels like to me, John, that it's about 99.9% high fives going around with the hiring of uh, Mike Leach. So in terms of, you know, for what it's worth winning a press conference, I think you absolutely did that. Well, I, and I appreciate that. And, you know, there, there have been people in your business who have said that we went out to hire bells and whistles I would disagree with that a, a thousand percent because what I would say is we went out and hired a guy with a real track record who's put a lot of miles into this thing and a guy who's a proven winner. That That's my answer to that. But 
he, he is somebody who is unique. He is somebody who can communicate uh, to players at a different level. And, and we're excited to have him here at Mississippi State. I think it's going to be a really exciting time. John, appreciate it, man. Thank you. Have a good week. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate you. Yeah, thank you. That's John Cohen, Athletics Director of Mississippi State, here on a Monday. So, timeline on everything uh, leading up to that conversation. Obviously, you know it. Um, search for six days. On the sixth day, I'm, I'm not intentionally sounding biblical, <laughs> but on the sixth day, hire uh, a football coach, announce him on the seventh. That was Friday. And so the last couple of days over the weekend, it, the conversation with the fan base has all been reaction to that and then moving ahead to who are the staff members going to be and which players are coming back and are there transfers, you know, all those kinds of things naturally uh, that a passionate fan base gets into. So a couple of things in that, if you were listening in that conversation with John, he said that basically as we speak right now, here today, Mike Leach is having a one-on-one meeting with a potential defensive coordinator candidate. Who is that? <clears throat> you know, remains to be seen. But so obviously that process is ongoing, uh, if that's the case. And we should know pretty soon. Enjoy that interview. What did you think about it? Let me know on the text line, 885-ESPN, or call me on the Divinity phone, 601-995-1059. Calls and texts coming up next. Stick around. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. Back. Back on the show. I'm Matt. What do you think about the conversation with John Cohen? Let me know. Hit me up on the text line. It is 885-ESPN. 601 number. 885-ESPN. Or you can call me. Love to hear your voice. On the Divinity Equipment phone line. Here's a number. Pregnant pause. Is that what they call it? Pregnant Pauls? Why do they call it that? 601-995-1059. I'm off of your right to choose what to call it. <laughs> I see what you did there, Roger. I was watching your video of Leach. Yeah. He's one of those guys who got the Jimmy leg. You know, Roger, my wife noticed the same thing. She a lot said, of energy, and they're bleeding it off. <laughs> what do they call it? Isn't there like a... I've seen that on some infomercial, the restless leg syndrome or something. Well, I think that's like for people that, like at night, I think that's him just, you know. Oh, just nervous, twitch. Oh, my my dad, I, I was bad about that as a kid and as a teenager. And my, we lived, we had a conventional foundation. I, I wouldn't realize I was doing it until my dad would take his open hand uh-huh. and slap it on the table and scare me to death. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> That's funny. I've known some people who do that. That leg's just constantly up and up, 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 like a rabbit. <laughs> like your dog has a go leg. That's what we call it in our house. And I, I say we. I think I got that from my wife. She called it a go leg. That's funny. Like you scratch a dog in a certain place behind his ears. There's just one spot where if you do it, 
He just that leg will start going. That's the starter button. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Uh, on Facebook, Sheila says, "Hey Matt, who you got tonight? Sunshine or Mister Heisman? I'm going to go with Mister Heisman, Joe Burrow." Yeah, I think LSU. I'm going to pick LSU. Now, if Clemson were to win it, I wouldn't be terribly just shocked or floored. They are Clemson. They figured out a way to beat and outcoach Alabama last year. They could certainly do it to LSU. But I think LSU's offense is far and above. Should be. If LSU's offense takes a step back and doesn't get it done in this championship game, color me surprised because they have been so good throughout the year. Let's see here. Uh, Tim says, rumors are we could lose Emerson and Jones. Any knowledge of this? Tim, no knowledge of it. Who knows? I mean, coaching change. Some players are going to transfer out. Some are going to transfer in. I haven't heard anything. John on Facebook said, Leach used about 11 wide receivers last year. Yeah, let me tell you what. They better get some. You're going to run 11 in and out of a ball game. You better go find some. (laughs) I'll tell you that. All right, uh, let's go to the Divinity Equipment phone. Clay, hanging on. What's up, Clay? Not much. Hey, in case y'all didn't know, Mike Leach is our football coach. Mm-hmm. Hey, listen, I is it overkill? Excited. Be I'm honest with me. Excited. Is it overkill? I mean, is it too much? Or are you still okay no, with this talking? It's not. It's not. I'm good. I'm great. I'm excited. I can't wait. I mean, New Mexico game can't get here fast enough. Yeah. I mean, I t- I tell you what, I'm going to the first spring game since I was 12. Really? I'm going to be honest with you. You think there will oh be a gosh, big crowd right. there I mean, for I the spring wait. game? Okay. All right. You know, I mean, I, I know I'm going to be there. I'm a big guy, so, hey, I can account for a big crowd. But, I mean, I'm I'm going. I'm, I'm fired up, man. I can't – I mean, I lay on the phone. and I, I did never do Twitter. I'm on Twitter now watching what he says. I mean, this is <laughs> as fired up as I've been since Cheryl was fired. Hey, well, you saw what Coach Leach tweeted – um, at some point over the weekend, did you see what he tweeted? I've read so many. I, when I tell you I've read so much stuff on him and watched so many videos, I, if I, I would lie to you if I tell you so I yeah. remember it. Roger, you'll get a kick I out of this, too. Tweet. Roger, he tweeted a picture. It's one of these, you know, a meme, so it's a picture with a saying on oh, over it. And it's this old guy at like, a, like in Sam's, okay? He and his wife. And there's a shopping cart, and the old guy's wearing Wrangler jeans, you know, a Western-style shirt and a cowboy hat, and the old man's got white hair. He's got his back turned to the camera, and they take his picture. And then the sa- the the caption over this is all tweeted by Mike Leach. The caption over it says, anyone who carries their hot sauce in a holster is automatically my friend. This old man has a gun holster on his belt, but instead of a gun in it, it's a bottle of hot sauce. <laughs> Well, there you go. Hey, one one question for: Have we heard anything on Kylan Hill? Nothing official yet. Uh, signs point towards the positive for right now, at least We're getting in terms. Lean. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Getting a lean. That's good. We'll take it. We need him back. Oh, he, hey. he he needs to be back one more year. I, I think, think you're it's right. a great running back class coming out this year. So yeah, I think he'd help himself by coming back. All right. Well. And look, in case y'all didn't know, he's still our coach five minutes later. I'm still excited. Five minutes later. He's still our coach. See you, man. Appreciate the call. All right. right. Text line, which uh, I haven't neglected. It's just so much there. Bill on the text line says, six SEC schools in the top ten of the D1 preseason baseball top 25. 
Who do you think is most likely to live up to the ranking and most likely to disappoint? You got Louisville number one, Vanderbilt number two. Florida four, Georgia five. Arkansas seven, Auburn eight. State 10, LSU 11. Who else? Uh, Ole Miss at 25. I would actually tell you that I think the team that may have the best chance to disappoint this year would either be Vanderbilt at two or Georgia at five. And I think the team that's probably the most likely to live up to their ranking would be Ole Miss at 25. Ole Miss is going to have a really good baseball team. In fact, I'm just based on what I know, and I haven't looked at anybody else's ranking, so it's my opinion, but based on what I know, I'm surprised to see them down there at 25. They're going to be much better than that. You can remember I told you that. Fletch says, My understanding of the fan that left Arrowhead earlier was that he hoped that it would change the momentum, not that he was bailing on a hopeless situation. So you're saying that a fan was superstitious enough that in an NFL playoff game, his team behind early in the second quarter, 24 to nothing, that he left superstitiously believing it would change the mojo of the entire football team. That sounds about right. That sounds about right. Uh, I answered the question earlier about how I became a Chiefs fan. It was when I was a kid. I was a big fan of Derek Thomas. And in the neighborhood, we'd, you know, we'd play pickup football games. My buddies would go, hey, I'm Tony Dorsett. And the other guy would go, I'm Joe Montana. And I would always go, I'm Derek Thomas. And so I just started following the Chiefs. One thing led to another. You follow them over a period of time, kind of become a fan. Fluffy says this. During my time in Mississippi, I've always wished the Egg Bowl rivalry would be an exhibition of respectful, good-natured ribbing. That is in response to a question I threw out there earlier. And that is, you know, when Mike Leach was hired, you know his personality. And you obviously know the personality of Elaine Kiffin. And when he was hired, the first guy to tweet anything to him really was Lane Kiffin, who tweeted, Hey, old friend, welcome to the SEC. In the press conference, a reporter asks Mike Leach about Lane Kiffin. He says, hey, I know him. I kind of like him. And I just wonder, you know, both fan bases are happy right now. Both It feels fun. Nobody's practiced yet. Nobody's played a game. But right now it feels fun again for both fan bases in the state. And I just wonder if those two are capable of injecting a different kind of vibe into this thing for some people. Now, I have certainly been on record over and over again that this idea of the rivalry being, quote, too toxic or just toxic in general was a load of hogwash, and I think it is. But it has been contentious. It has been mad. I'm like, so what? It's not any different than any other. But I just wonder... If it'll take a turn a little bit with these two coaches, it could. It actually very well could. You know, when the opposite fan base finds the opposing coach entertaining, it could actually inject a different vibe into this thing. We'll get into that next. Some calls hanging on. People want to talk football and Mike Leach and baseball and more text than I can shake a stick at. We'll try our best. Coming up in the Farm Bureau studio. Stay with me. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Ooh, hold up, 
What a big and he said. <laughs> what a big what? A big hire. That's it. A big hire. What a big name. Big old boy. He's a big old. How big old boy are you? I know this. The Divinity Equipment phone line is big time full. So I will waste very little time here. Ponto in Jackson. What's up, Ponto? Hey. Yeah, I, uh, I wasn't pulling for the Chiefs. But I thought Matt's probably going to have a heart attack. Mm. I knew that game wasn't over at 24 nothing. <laughs> not surprised. Listen, where can I get a copy of Sling Your Sword? Have you read it? You know, I have not read it. And somebody, I saw someone at church yesterday who said, hey, I'm just starting to read it. You really need to read it. It's great. And I said, where did I get a copy? He said, I don't know. This one was given to me years ago. And then I saw someone else, Ponto, on Twitter actually tweeted directly to Mike Leach today and said, Coach, where can I get one? So you're not the only one having trouble finding it. Well, I spoke to Banner Hall Lemuria. They said it was printed in 2011, so it's an old book. Yeah. So they're going to reprint it. So it it, uh, Pullman, Pullman, Washington is not in the book. Uh, it's Texas Tech and Lubbock. Yeah, okay. You know, you know who Chris Jones is? Well, I know Chris Jones, a defensive lineman for the Chiefs, if that's who you're talking about. Well, he may be the reason that we have Mike Leach. Chris Jones? Yep. He's the guy that took out Nick Foles. He's the reason that Gardner met you. Washington State is playing quarterback. <laughs> well, we put 350 pounds on top of Nick. That's it. I thought, man. What a what a tangled oh, web! What a tangled web! Yeah, Fonte. You, you mentioned you mentioned religion. I wonder if has it come up. I don't want to be negative. Has uh, Mike Leach's Mormon faith come up? No, and it's not going to as long as he wins. <laughs> well, it may be in the book. There may be something in the book about it, which is why I want to read it. Yeah. But yeah, you, know, you got some. You know, you got some some people who are not very politically correct in Mississippi. But yeah, he's uh, he is of the Mormon faith, and uh, okay, and another t- possible. Well, he must not be both. too too Mormon because he drinks coffee, doesn't he? Yeah, and I think he drinks a little alcohol too. <laughs> but another negative, which is not going to be. Too Did he ride in on a bicycle with, the other day? <laughs> I want to explore his Sorry, Ponto. You know, he's, he's personal friends with uh, Donald Trump. Which could be viewed in some circles as a negative. Yeah, well, but I would have viewed that as a positive. You know, look, the man, egg bowl I, was not I mean, sold he, out. It means he can get along with anybody. Bonto, you got a great point. The you egg bowl wasn't get... sold out. Let me ask you this, Bonto. Last thing before I turn you loose. Sure. You think the egg bowl will be sold out this year? In Oxford, Mississippi, yes, it will. Yes, it will. I'm positive. Hey, th- I'll be there thanks for the call. Will you? Yep, I'll be there. God bless. Thanks for the call. God bless you. Jay in Baltimore. What's up, Jay? Matt, you got to know I'm really excited to hear that you're starting to talk a little baseball. So I've been looking Mm -hmm. up some stats Mm -hmm. from last year, and I got a question for you. So seven teams in the SEC had more walks and more stolen bases than the dogs did last year. Um, We're losing some hitters. So my question for you is the decision to play a little small ball predicated on the lineup, or is it more philosophy? Do you think Lamonis has small ball in his DNA? What a great question, because the last part of it, I'm not sure, Jay. 
I mean, when you look at Lamonis's history as a player, his experience in college baseball on those teams, his teams at Indiana, I, I, I don't see small ball anywhere. I just don't see it, you know? And here's the thing about yeah. it, too. Like, you're going from a leadoff hitter who's one of the best hitters ever but was not a power guy by any stretch, right? Jake Mangum. He was, right. you know, Jake Mangum was the small ball of all small ball at the plate. Maybe the best small ball leadoff hitter we've ever seen. But I, but I say that, and he didn't bunt, and he didn't walk. Okay, so that kind of goes against that. But he's going to go, what, to this year to a Rowdy Jordan, who Rowdy Jordan's capable of hitting 15 home runs. And I'm not even exaggerating. Now, he hasn't done it, but is he capable? Yeah, if he doesn't have a month-long, month-and-a-half-long slump. So, you know, just glancing at it from a distance, Jay, you know, for for a Lamonis team to be a small ball team, it's like I'd have to see it first to believe it. What about you? No, I'm with you. I mean, by the way, they were also 11th in sack bunt. Mangum was a swing-away first hitter. Uh-huh. I think I, I saw Lamona say one time before, uh, if he didn't hit in the 360s and above, he wouldn't have uh, allowed him to swing away like that. Mm-hmm. But you're right, I think Rowdy's going to be interesting. But I just keep thinking about we're losing Mangum, we're losing, losing McNamee, we're losing Skelton, depending on who they replace in the lineup and wh- what type of average these guys hit with. But let's not forget, we, we, we still have some really good hitters. So no doubt. I, I'm and, not and sure I- you change your philosophy with that team. Yeah, that's it. And that's why I'm saying another year of it. And of course, they're the ones that are going to see how these guys look at the plate and all their scrimmages and, and workouts and stuff. But, you know, another year under the belt of experience in, for, for Westberg, another year for Foscue, another year for Tanner Allen. You know, Cumbest, for Pete's sake. I mean, he had some big swings late in the year, and it was like he grew up in his opportunities. He started really growing up at the plate. So, Jay, I I, I mean, here's the deal. Let's just say it like it is. You always call and ask me baseball questions I don't know the answer to, and I like that because it gets me thinking about stuff I hadn't thought about. I appreciate your call, man. Thanks, Matt. Yep, thank you. They're going to be a power team? Hmm. Will in South Dakota. What's up, Will? Oh, man, just driving down the road this morning. A couple things. One, Lamonis is, I think he was a small ball guy. Maybe I was wrong. But but I know that in the past, living in Savannah, uh, we used to pay attention a little to the Citadel. And uh, I think they're a pretty small ball club. But, uh, you know, last year we went to Omaha and we drove down and, it was kind of funny because one of my sons is a huge baseball fan, big baseball player, and I uh, told Coach Lamonis he was going to be the first signee ever from South Dakota to Mississippi State to play baseball. So how about that? Hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully that'll come true. You always, as a dad, you're always partial, but uh, he's got a lot of grit. He just hopefully his talent will catch his grit. But uh, you know, as far as the egg bowl goes. Let's be realistic. I don't know a Mississippi State fan in the world that, that, that wants Ole Miss to be successful. Um, I don't want them to win a game all year. And it's, it's, the reason is, growing up in Mississippi, they have always looked down, been condescending, 
know, that's the group that always had the uh, culture versus agriculture shirts and all that stuff. I mean, I don't want anything bad to happen to them by any means, but I don't think the rival's contentious. I, I mean, is any more visceral than any other in-state rivalry out there. I totally agree with you on that. And I mean, the only reason Ole Miss hates playing us now is because we can beat them. You know, if you look back in the history in the 70s and 80s, until Coach Sherrill got there, it wasn't a big rivalry game for them because they used to beat us like a redheaded stepchild. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I think it probably means more to them. Uh, or they're probably more visceral about the, the rivalry than we, than, than state fans in general. But mm-hmm. that's just growing up in Water Valley, uh, that's, that's probably in their back door, probably didn't help any either. You know, that's a really good point, Will. I, I, you know, and I, I'm a state guy, but and and so a lot of Ole Miss fans will will just, you know, um, brush this off because it's coming from me. But I think you're touching on something there when you look at recent history in that rivalry. The fact that over the last 30 years it has so turned and changed, um, as opposed to what most of the older Ole Miss fans were used to all those years in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And then when Coach Sherrill comes along and, and the game goes back to campus and away from Jackson, and then so the last 30 years, it really has turned. It became a much more even-handed thing across the rivalry. And then in recent years, State has very much had the upper hand, it seems like overall, although Ole Miss won the two most important ones, I would argue, in 14 and 15. But still overall, it seems to have really evened out and in a lot of ways in State's favor. That's so much different than what all the older fans of Ole Miss remember that I think you're right. There is an element of there's probably a little more anger and just just mad at the world about it on the Ole Miss side, frankly, because of the way that it's gone. Now, Chris Brooks said something earlier on his show, and I agree with this, He's when he said, you know, there's a lot of older, a small percentage, older Ole Miss fans that still – you know, they look more forward to playing LSU than they do Mississippi State. I, I always say, yeah, you know, certainly not a majority, but you're right, okay? So if you go, and he said 60 and over. If you went 60, 65 years old and over, well, you're talking about people who were born really in the 50s. And so that actually may be true for that age group, but it's an interesting dynamic that you bring up. Hey, Will, that's a good uh, call to end the show on, man. I appreciate you. Thanks. All right, man. Hail State. Hail State. Uh, y'all look at my Twitter feed. Billy has sent a link, and it's on Mike Leach's Twitter feed for how to get his book. Some of you are asking. And also look at the comments on the Facebook stream from Guy and Jamie and Dave at facebook.com slash Radio Wyatt. They've all got suggestions there how you can get it and where you can get it if you want to get the Mike Leach book. It's all for Roger. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. We'll see y'all tomorrow. Same time. See you then. See ya! Go! You've been listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.